Hello and welcome to the Thursday, October 13th, 2016 edition of the Sands and Storm Center's Stormcast. My name is Johannes Ulrich and today I'm recording from Jacksonville, Florida. Just a quick reminder, we got a special webcast coming today about the Mirai botnet. If you are interested, sans.org slash webcasts and it starts at 1 p.m. Eastern. A good reminder from Xavier about one Wi-Fi feature that keeps getting people into trouble and this is the preferred network list where essentially your computer remembers networks that you joined in the past and will automatically connect you to these networks as long as the SSID remains the same. And of course, there are plenty of tools out there that will just listen for these probes and then offer whatever SSID the user is listening for, giving that individual that runs this access point a chance to play man in the middle. Actually, uh, OS 10 or Mac OS, I should say, in the last update did add a new feature where whenever you do connect to an open access point, meaning an access point without any kind of encryption, it does give you a little warning about this. But in general, what it comes down to is uh, be careful what public access point you connect to, best not to connect at all, and using something like a tethered cell phone instead, and occasionally review that preferred network list, make sure there are no networks in there that you want, don't wanna connect uh, without warning. And with all the news about Internet of Things and associated vulnerabilities, well, it's about time for things to get better a little bit. Turns out uh, today things just got worse. We have a new set of vulnerabilities. I think it's about 14 vulnerabilities total in AV Tech IP cameras. Now, not all of them are remote code execution vulnerabilities, but of course there are some here. And yeah, actually there is no default password, but instead we got an authentication bypass and command execution vulnerability in the web interface for this particular camera. At this point, I would say if you do have any kind of internet connected camera, assume it's vulnerable. In this case, for example, the researchers did try to contact the manufacturer, but uh, never got a response back. It's also important to note that many of these devices are being sold under different brand names. So if one of them is vulnerable, then likely a good number of uh, lookalikes are vulnerable as well because they use essentially the same internal guts as this vulnerable system. According to a Shodan query done by these researchers, there are about 130,000 of these devices connected to the internet. So yet another botnet of the size of Mirai. And SAP released a large update on Tuesday fixing 48 vulnerabilities. Now, we usually don't talk much about SAP vulnerabilities, but these enterprise resource planning systems certainly have been a big target, in particular in more targeted attacks in the last few years. In this particular case, one of the vulnerabilities being fixed is an authentication bypass vulnerability in the Peace 4 service. Now, P4, uh, this is a service that's used uh, to remote control the Java platform in SAP. 
I'm not personally familiar with it, but apparently this vulnerability does allow you to read data on the SAP system. Now, originally this vulnerability was reported in 2012 and also a patch was released at the time, but uh, that patch apparently wasn't sufficient. Uh, systems, even after the patch was applied, were vulnerable. And as a result, SAP now releases a second patch. In the last few years, there have been a lot of suggestions that organizations like the NSA would be able to break encryptions, in particular DSA and algorithms like that, that depend on global common prime modules that are essentially written into the standard. And one question was whether or not these prime modules could be backdoored or trapdoored that would make it easier to break these ciphers. There's now a paper that was released by researchers at the University of Pennsylvania and CNRS of Lorraine in France that suggests it's certainly possible to create such trapdoor prime numbers. What they did is they looked at 1024-bit keys and they were then able to crack those keys with substantial but certainly doable uh, effort. Uh, they used an academic uh, cluster, I think uh, 3000 uh, CPUs, and it took them about uh, two months uh, to break uh, these 1024-bit keys, which certainly is faster than what would be expected if the keys would actually be random and not biased. Of course, this brings back memories and like things like the doublet, the curve algorithm, which of course also suffered from very specifically chosen seed numbers. Well, and that's it for today. So thanks again for listening and talk to you again tomorrow. Bye.